0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts.
1: This is the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And we... Are the running experts alongside the fantasy executive Corey Parson and Wall Street Matt Modica. I am Greg Sussman. Corey, what's poppin'?
2: What's the deal, my man? How's everything going, you guys? Um, um, there's nothing much really to report today.
1: Honestly, I just I, we, we made it, man.
2: Yeah, uh, you're we right. We made it. Yeah, I don't know where, but we, 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 made, it. we made it. Oh yeah, we Friday. made it to Friday. Oh yeah, that is true. Still got work to be done, apparently.
1: Still have work to be done, but we're here. We're here. Matt Moodygo, what's going on, sir?
3: Like you said, it's Friday, baby. So uh, the weekend is here. Uh, Let's hope this one passes quickly. I'm ready for Super Bowl. It's kind of a a doldrum right now coming up. The Pro Bowl doesn't do it for you? No, the Pro Bowl doesn't, but last night did do it to me with the hot stove.
1: Oh, the hot stove finally heated up. Ignited. Ignited on fire. I read. I actually read an awesome story. Or an awesome tweet. I shouldn't say it was an awesome story. I read an awesome tweet that said, MLB uh, decided to uncancel the program hot stove because it's back, baby.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, it was very interesting. I liked the moves. I mean, the, one move was a no-brainer with Christian Yelich. The other move... I like it, but I don't like the years. All
1: right, let's let's chat about it then, shall we? Sure. Let's begin with the first pop Show. Let's let's kind of go in order. We had heard rumors, as we have really all off season, that Christian Yelich wanted out, and we're trying to figure out the logical destinations. And really, it was earlier this week we first heard the Brewers mentioned. And as someone that drafted Christian Yelich in a league already, <coughs> I looked at I looked at you. I was like, oh my god, he goes to the Brewers. I can't think of a better spot I want him in than in Milwaukee. Uh, a, a field that is perfectly suited for his capabilities. Uh, They'll lock him up long term. Absolutely love it. I figured, listen, Lewis Brinson, probably the main piece. He'll start every day in center field. Big bang, boom. I'm happy. And then finally yesterday, almost immediately when I stepped foot out of this place late last night, Christian Yelich is officially, officially a Milwaukee Brewer, absolutely love it for Christian Yelich.
3: Yeah, no, you have to. His uh, home road splits a much better player away from Marlins Park, which is understandable. And you know he's a top seventy five player right now. I think he was like seventy second overall uh, currently since uh, January first. And the thing here is, if you move him up to say he's twenty twenty, or possibility of then that's a totally different you know that's increasing his profile and that's you know with his batting average of 290 to 300 in this park now he's going to significantly move up he's definitely a top 50 player it's how hard do you push him up does he even become a top 25 player I mean if you're looking at a guy that's going to go 25-25 and hit close to 300 isn't that kind of like Mookie Betts
1: yeah, I mean,
2: theoretically... We're then, taking it up to 16 after.
1: Evidently
3: not. We're taking, a, we're
1: taking a break right here. And then we'll get more in to Christian Yelich. And we'll get more in to where he should go. We'll Boogie Best is a first-round pick. Is that what you could tell us, that like Christian Yelich be a first-round pick? We'll break that down into the other Brewers signing as well. so the Road Experts Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So the trade goes down, and you look at the home road splits yet from last year for Christian Yelich. 265 at home with seven homers, 11 homers, and a 299 average on the road. It's pretty good. We'll take it. He has the ability, according to Matt Modica, to almost be 25 25 potentially.
3: Okay, maybe that's a bit aggressive, but I don't know if it is. If you look at this team that have, over the last three seasons, I believe they're either tied or lead the majors in stolen bases, you know, they're going to have a green light here. Uh, He's going to bat either leadoff or second. Uh, Preferably, I think i like him better second. But even if he's batting leadoff, okay, say he doesn't have the RBIs, uh, that's fine. He'll have the runs. So... You know, if he's going to be, let's say, twenty twenty or somewhere in that range of twenty to twenty five for home runs sure. and stolen bases, that is a. I mean, his profile is pretty much going to be like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, from what I've been hearing, is going back to the leadoff spot in Boston. The rumor, and uh, I mean, what are you expecting from Betts? I'm expecting Betts to be, you know, a, a two ninety to three hundred plus hitter. And I'm expecting the same thing that he's uh, consistently done, 25-25, and score 100 runs. So I think if Yellick is in this lineup, in this park, 100 runs should be doable as well. Sure. So I, I think you're going to see this guy move up uh, the board significantly. And I, I think it's probably rightfully so. I just, I'm just i not sure yet where I, I, I'm, I'm going to price him, how much I'm going to – move up his value, say in a 12-team, prior to the trade, he was like uh, an $18, $15, $18, $20 player, right. he's got he's to get a bump. I mean, he just has to. So we're, we're talking, let's talk in terms of rounds then,
1: Matt. He gets a bump, he was going, let's see, in, my, in the FSTA draft, for, for instance, score, uh, you had Christian Yelich go early in the second round. Does he move up to the third now? Is that what we're saying? Wait, where'd he go in the answer? Early in the
3: fourth, he went to the CA. He said
2: second. I was like, whoa. You figure maybe about a round of a bump so I could see him on and, and third. If you want to be aggressive with it, maybe that 2 3 turn is where you'll be able to find him. I mean, a good young bat in a nice offensive environment like that. So you definitely going to have to pay. And then the fact that there's excitement about it now, too. I think he'll see a spike in his ADP this weekend, and then it'll start to settle in.
1: That sounds, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. So at Miller Park, he only has 29 career at bats in the last three years. Because so that's what I tried to bring up. Over the last three years, 241 at Miller Park, zero home runs. Uh, he was 7 of 29 with 11 strikeouts. It's an extremely small sample size and means nothing. I just thought I'd bring that.
3: Yeah, uh, that is an extremely small sample size. But he had... The question here now is, what are they going to do with this outfield? I,
1: I know... I want I, I I to okay. get there in a second. Cause I want to I focus on this trade here, though, for a moment, because I can assure you Christian Yelich is going to play every day, right? Like, we, we know he's going to be in the lineup mm-hmm. every day. He's under control for the next you know, five years at a very, very small price. All is well for the Brewers there. Okay. They,
3: yeah. So then it's pretty much going to come down to, the guy's going ahead of him right now. Yes. Domingo Santana. <laughs> I'd Peace. Peace. Rather- I'm, I'm not on... Look, I think Domingo Santana is a good player. I'm not paying that price for him currently. Certainly not now. Uh, and Tommy Pham is going, say, half a round ahead of him. No, thank you. Uh, I love Tommy
1: Pham. I'm still taking Christian Yelich.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of... I don't really know where I stand on Tommy Pham. I have no shares yet. Then uh, so then you're looking at A.J. Pollock. Is he fitting the A.J. Pollock profile now? i I got to think so. AJ Pollock. reason I like A.J. Pollock and I go after him. The one downside is he can't stay healthy. But when healthy, he is a guy that's going to hit for average and possibly be a 20-30 guy.
1: Theoretically, that's the that's, uh, situation you should be in. He's a healthier version of him, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And uh, he's, he's also a younger version of him. Right. So then you're going to have questions. Is Do you want a Byron Buxton who is a batting average liability versus a Christian Yellick? you know Yellick is a more proven hitter there's no question about that and uh, he he doesn't look baron buxton has like olympic speed that's that's the kind of speed he has certainly but he has contact issues mm-hmm. that's been the the major glaring issue in his game so i mean now do you move him up to buxton who's just going outside the top 50 like 51st overall so to me he's a top he's going to be in the top 50 I, I mean, I can make the arguments to put him ahead of these guys just because he's, you know, of his age, his durability. That batting average is key. I mean, we, we I, I can't stress it enough. There's not enough people hitting over 300, and it, and it really helps you. If you can get a guy, like now in the third round, I, I think he's definitely a third rounder. Right. I don't think there's an argument there. Sure. The question is, do you push him up? How far do you push him up? Andrew Benettendi has an ADP of, say, 40 right now. Andrew Benettendi batted like 275 last year and did 2020. So, what's his growth? 290, you know, 2020, you know, maybe 25, 20? Christian Yellow can do that, I think. You know, the ground balls are an issue, but, you know, just a little bit of loft in his game. Uh, in a better park, not as cavernous as Marlins Park, I'm going to take Yellow over Benintendi. So, I mean, now I'm looking. So, Benintendi's going 40th. Yellow should go 40th, in my opinion.
2: Makes well, sense. To right, me. right ahead
3: of him. Sure. So, I mean, I you're, you're going to see him substantial, and people are just going to be excited about this Brewers team. Now you got him. Say he's leading off, and Kane is batting second. Right. You have a proven hitter behind him. I mean, look—he's had proven hit. He's had Stanton and you know Ozuna. It's not like he was playing in uh, places that didn't have good lineups. It's just he's in a better park that could help him. Number one, he's much better away from Marlins Park in his career. I mean, it's just evident. It's not like the difference isn't from, uh, say, playing at Coors. We're not going that extreme, of course. But just looking at the board and looking at certain players that fit his profile. You know, from the 72nd pick that he is right now to say the 40th pick, which Andrew Benettendi is, I'm going to take Yellow over Benettendi
1: and I'm okay, and I'm okay with that too. When, going over in the deal from Milwaukee <laughs> to Miami was their top prospect, Lewis Brinson, who saw the majors last year, didn't exactly overperform by any means. Now, Lewis Brinson there. Um, He's going to start every day in center field for Miami. A couple of other prospects went with him, uh, guys that aren't really close, guys that aren't really fantasy relevant for our purposes. Brinson, happy to go back to Miami. He's a Miami kid. And now there, there aren't questions. Is he going to split playing time with Keon Broxton? Is he going to have an opportunity to play every day? It's all him in Miami. It's a cavernous park, but he's going to get the playing time and probably be at the top of the lineup. Is Lewis Brinson's value now up or down? Well, you got to think that Lewis
2: uh, Vincent value, value would take a, a a increase, obviously with a chance to be a full-time player. He gets in there with this young team that really is going to uh, lean on him. So you got to look at a situation right there where he'll start to get more and more at-bats, and then we'll get to see what his true value is. So. Oh, uh, that's how I'd evaluate Brinson right now. I noticed after the trade, I believe in the FSTA draft, after the trade was announced, Lewis Brinson immediately went off the board.
1: Okay. So So it's funny. We talked about slow drive etiquette earlier this week. When this trade happened or it was reported on Twitter, I was on the clock.
2: Did you take Louis Brinson Oh it was too
1: early? Louis, Louis Brinson's gone. I'm, oh, I'm gone a little right. too late. Okay. But I knew it was Louis Brinson and more, And I wanted to see what this more was. Because maybe there's more would have been some guy that goes right into the Marlins and starting lineup, up and now I'm interested in him when I wouldn't have been interested in him previously. Exactly. So I, t- I literally texted Frank, my partner, and I'm like, not to be a you-know-what, I want to wait. I'm going to wait until this thing plays out and then hear what's going on.
3: I don't blame you. Thank you. Appreciate that. What do you think Louis Princeton's value goes to now? No, he's going to play. That's what you, you mean, it's not a better park, obviously, but yep. it's about playing time. He, There was, some, you know, Maybe it's maybe in a couple of months in Milwaukee he got the opportunity I like see would have had a, a a phenomenal camp but you look at him what he did last season in uh triple a he had you know he had a taste of it in 2016 he, he played last season the whole year there so I mean I'm assuming Miami starts him to start the season maybe they wait a little while i I mean he's gonna be twenty four so I don't really see. They have six years of control. Yep. I don't see why they have to push him back, wait on, on a clock with him, because they do have this control on the player. But, yeah, look, you want a guy with that, that, that has a bat, he's got speed, and he's going to play every day. So, yeah, he's definitely he's going to become one of these guys that are going to see a substantial move up. He was more of the guy you would take and say in the early 20s. Now he's a guy that's moving up into the teens, Dependent upon how high you are in the, um
1: I think he moves out, like you said, into the teens I think that just the fact that he's going to play every day Changes everything, right? It changes absolutely everything And it's amazing that he now has this opportunity That you know not think he would have And can he be the player that we saw in AAA last year Where he completely mashed it for three months, possibly. Now, for sure, there's this, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Matt just took his phone and it was, like, cleaning his teeth in the mirror, and I just lost control <laughs> of myself. <laughs> Lewis Brinson, draft him. he's got speed, he's got power, we'll see what it translates to in Miami. But that wasn't the only Miami outfielder that signed yesterday. The other? Lorenzo Cain. And not Miami, Milwaukee. And this outfielder? This outfield in general? It just got a whole lot stronger. We'll take a break. When we come back,
0: Lorenzo Cain. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyrotor.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product.
1: 34 alongside the fantasy executive Corey Parson and Wall Street Matt Modica. I am Greg Sussman. Christian Yelich was part one of the Brewers moves yesterday. Part two, the homecoming of Lorenzo Cain. Their former top prospect traded away in the Zach Grinke Grinke deal? No, it was CZ Zabathia deal. Yeah, he's no, coming. Zach deal?
3: Who says you can't go home?
1: Who says you can't go, go home? Traded away in the Zach Greinke deal many years ago, comes back after winning World Series with the Kansas City Royals. Kane signs with the Brew Crew for five years, $80 million, and is expected to be announced and introduced today. The outfield, which you know kind of looked pretty solid last year, Matt, and really just two days ago looked solid, is now star-studded. <laughs> Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Kane. Ryan Braun, Domingo Santana, yep. John Broxton, Hernan Perez, Brett Phillips. That's a lot of
3: pieces for only three spots. You yeah, know, there is, what they say, a logjam here. I think it's going to be tough to move Braun, though. I mean, unless they make the commitment to eat the majority of that contract.
1: And he has a no trade clause now, I believe, too. Uh, I, believe yeah, I don't know five, the whole five and 10 aspects rights. of it. I believe he just, I believe he just gained that. Him. That was why there was like a push uh, earlier this offseason to get him um, I have to look anyway. there's a, there's a push that by a certain date, Braun has to be traded. Otherwise, he's got a full okay. no trade clause.
3: I mean, look. In all honesty, I, I want Braun to stay on this team. I'm, I'm going to be hey, look. The, the guy is say what you want. I've personally, I never really forgave him for what he did to that what he did to that guy with the drug test that time. I thought that was you know bush league and all that. But Braun, what on the field, can produce. I know last year he had a myriad of ailments and missed time, but this team has now positioned itself to make this run. They were ahead of the curve last year, and they pushed the chips in. So I would want a guy like Braun, keep him in that number three hole, have that hitter with these two guys on base ahead of him. Why not?
1: Well, why not? I I think it's actually... A somewhat kind of obvious question here, Matt, because why not? Ryan Braun, that was mid-30s, right? In his mid-30s, makes a lot of money. Corey, if they could trade him, wouldn't you rather keep a dude like Domingo Santana, who hit 30 bombs last year, much younger and much cheaper? Yeah, you can get anytime you can
2: get younger and cheaper, except for this business, um, anytime you can get younger and cheaper normally is a good thing. So I think in, in professional ranks, the Milwaukee Brewers would try to do something like that. But obviously, this is a tough deal to move. Obviously, when Ryan Braun comes with that big contract, He's a little bit advanced in age. We've seen injuries pop up from time to time, so you don't really know how much playing time you're actually gonna get out the player. But uh back to Will uh to uh, Will Kane. Back to uh, Lorenzo Kane right quick. Uh nice picture. Definitely right. not Will Kane. Uh yeah, he's uh <laughs> no, that guy. Oh my goodness. Uh three hundred. You know, back of the baseball card guy when yep. he was healthy and he gets to at bats. Three hundred, still you're over twenty bases. And your very little pop goes along with the player, but that fifteen uh that fifteen home runs also, so um, nice additions for the Houston, I mean, the, the Milwaukee Brewers, not the Houston
3: Astros. But, see, the problem here I have with, with Kane is, and one of the reasons I, I wasn't, I didn't want the Mets to go, the Mets were in a different situation. But here's the thing, Kane turns 32 in April, and you just committed five years to this guy. So, I kind of look at this as maybe like the, Bren, the Ben Zobers kind of thing, where the first couple of years, you like the contract, and then you're you getting the last couple of years I don't know how 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 he's going to age because, you know, I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but the five year thing—if you look at the overall AV, maybe it's not that bad. You know, the average value of it is what sixteen? Well, it was under sixteen because he got five, so you know, fifteen and a half, let's say. So maybe 16. you know, maybe he wanted he settled for less and took the years. It was
1: it, it, it sixteen
3: is it's exactly what But here's what the thing: with, like, look, of course. You want to trade the older player in Braun, the guy that's making more money. But we see the current landscape of free agency and stuff and teams with, with, with the cap that don't want to pay that luxury tax. So who's really go looking to take on Braun? You're absolutely right by that.
1: And I think that you you look at what has happened to the market this winter, it's exactly that. The Lorenzo Cain deal of 5 for 80 is the biggest contract awarded in free agency this year. Normally, you'll see uh, the over $100 million deals. Now, this is, like I said, the most expensive one. And because of all of these big market teams kind of sitting out the Yankees, the Red Sox as of now until JT Martinez happens, um, the Dodgers, the Cubs at the moment... And because you have teams like the Marlins that don't want to spend any money, all of these middle-tier teams, like Milwaukee, are finding themselves in position to go out and get some of these really big free agent prizes. Now, does Lorenzo Cain, is he the most obvious fit in Milwaukee? No. And we've seen, I'll use the Yankees as a prime example, when you give a ton of money to a, a speedy outfielder, it doesn't work. Jacoby Ellsbury being a prime example. It's a win-now move. But this is a, exactly, Corey. This is a win-now move. This is a move by the Brewers that when you pair it up with Yelich, they feel that they ha- have the ability in the market right now to go out and make a move and try to win. They – have a glutton outfielders. They're going to trade one of these guys, most likely Domingo Santana, because they won't be able to unload Braun. They're going to trade him for a starting pitcher somewhere.
3: But that's the thing. Here. <coughs> Obviously everybody knows they want to trade. Yeah. You know, they want to make a trade here. They want to trade their outfield. But who's giving up pitching right now? It's very you know, in this current climate, you know, teams aren't out there, you know, trading pitching. So I I find this I, I think it's more by making these two moves yesterday, we're gonna see Either an Arrieta or a Darvish sign with the Brewers, because uh, I don't know what the really who's willing to trade valuable pitching. So I so I think
1: and we heard it before when it, at, right after the Yelich signing, everyone said the Brewers were the most aggressive on Kane, and they're probably now out on Kane. Of course, an hour later they officially signed Kane. We had also heard, really, I believe it was last Sunday night, that they were very far down the road on a Domingo Santana trade. I think that trade.
3: Is well, Today, tomorrow, whenever. he's coming down they, the they
1: have a pl- I mean, they have a plan here. They, yeah,
3: no, they 100% have a plan. I'm sure. Look, I, I, he's done a great job, the GM here. Yep. Uh, hats off to him. He's He's got this team. Like I said, last year, they made a j- jump jumped ahead. You know, they uh, sped up the process. And part of the reason you acquire all this young talent is to have the chip. Absolutely. It, to go out and get players that are proven. And, you know, Yelich is under contract for four more years. Sure. A very good deal. So, this, you know.
1: te- this team kind of is what it is going forward uh, for many, right? Like, Yelich, four four years. Now Lorenzo Kane, five years. You look at Orlando Garcia, he's around for uh, quite a long time as well. Travis Shaw's under contract for the next few years. Uh, you, you, you just look around this team it's young it's going to grow together you need to get some pitching but the brewers have a chance to be fun now we talked about lorenzo kane and what he did in kansas city he's 32 years old now it's a win now move said corey what is lorenzo kane's fantasy value here in 2018 before this move in the FSCA draft he was drafted toward the end of the seventh round now, no one knew where he'd end up. San Francisco was rumored for a while until the Andrew McCutcheon trade. Uh, he had the possibility of always going back to Kansas City, but now that we know he's in Milwaukee, what does that do to his fantasy
3: value? Once again, we're going to look at a team that's going to run, and you know, Kane is going to steal it. You have to. I'm assuming he's going to put up a 30 stolen base season, possibly more. That's That's the hope, I would say. Sure. Yeah, thirty to thirty-five is you know what. Even though he's never had that many steals before.
1: Twenty-eight is his career high in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen.
3: Yeah, twenty-eight is the career high, but this is a team that is they like to run. That's you you have to look at the situation he's in. This team is going to give the green light. Uh, They just spent eighty million dollars on him. I think they want to use one of his best assets, which is speed. So I think the, the stolen base opportunities will be there. So, well, let's say he steals 30. The possibility of him hitting 20, I, I think, is a very real possibility in Milwaukee. Look, he was playing in, in uh, Kaufman Stadium, which is not uh, a prodigious power place. And you got to get the best out of him now. You know, this year, next year, you know, that that first half of the contract, I, I, I think we'll be fine. We'll see how it winds up playing out down the road in the second half. It's going to be interesting who leads off who back second. I guess they can flip-flop it, play it however they want. And I, I think you want a guy like Braun in and, in and, and the three-hole. And obviously, like I said, Domingo Santana is going to be the more appealing piece. People are going to want the younger, cheaper guy that has upside still. So if you keep Braun, and, and they have all these other outfielders that can fill in for Braun. you know Braun's not going to play 162 games. We know that. But, you know... When Braun gets his day off, if you keep a Hernan Perez or a Brett Phillips steps in, you know, and Brett Phillips they're viewing as a fourth outfielder, uh, so and he, even the key Keon Broxton, if you know he can start making some contact on a on a more regular basis, so I don't know how it's going to shake that. I I know you're saying about that trade they have in the they had in the works. I'm just trying to figure out who's giving up pitching. That's, you know? that's the big question for sure. me. And you, well,
1: I think we'll find out soon. Corey, you said this about Yelich and the same holds true for Lorenzo Cain. He's a back of the baseball card guy. When he's healthy and plays a full year, you know in the past with Casey, you're getting about 15, 16 home runs, about 28 steals real, realistically. I agree with Matt. Going to Milwaukee, there's going to be more power because the stadium is better. So you get up to 20 home runs, let's say. Not unrealistic. Yeah. You know, four or five more. That's, it's really not unrealistic at all. Speed-wise. Can you get another five on a team that likes to run? Probably. I don't, I don't think that's unrealistic either. So you're looking at... A 30-20 guy. A 30-steal, right. 20-home-run guy. Exactly. Where does that get him drafted?
2: 30 steals, 20-home-runs, comes along with a 300 average. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got to look at his age and his history of, of dealing with injuries. Played 155 games last year. Played 103 the year before. But really, that's kind of the, the most games he's ever played in. Injuries have been something, so... I think he may get a round bump to maybe a six or five or six guy on that five-six turn somewhere like that. Is where you can see Lorenzo Cain going, depending on um, you know your, your your format.
3: I completely agree with you, Corey. Matt, where would you take, take Lorenzo Cain? Oh uh, you know, he's definitely going to uh, take that move up. I mean, for me, I look at what I'm drafting it's the first five rounds of my foundation, but you know. Anywhere fifth, sixth round, maybe I move him up more.
1: If the first five rounds are your foundation, are you willing to make Lorenzo Cain part of your foundation?
3: Yeah, probably. I mean, if I'm going to put Yellick up there, I'm going to have to keep moving up Cain. I'm going to have to redo the board. Fair enough. Okay, lots going on with the Brewers, but again, the biggest story
1: here in baseball this offseason has been Shoei Otani. I'll talk more about Otani with Scotty coming up next. If you're thinking of giving DFS a try, check out Fantasy Factor. It's the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor runs NBA and NHL free rolls each and every week. The free to enter. So sign up today at www.fantasyfactor.com. And with that, for the final time this week, it is my pleasure to bring in the host of Fantasy Sports Today, 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, as well as the host of the Fantasy News, that's at 3 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is the king, it's the Hall of Famer, it's Scott Angle. What's up, Scotty?
4: Good morning, my friend. Uh, Nice to see the hot stove uh, having the dials turned on again.
1: Absolutely, and that's exactly where I want to start with you. We've been talking about it all morning, Scotty. The hot stove, the the show, it's been back from cancellation. It's here again, hot stove, finally, as Christian Yelich moves over from Miami to Milwaukee and Lorenzo Cain goes back to where it all began.
4: Yeah, Lorenzo Cain playing just one year for the Brewers in 2010, before he moved on to Kansas City from 2011 to 2017. Uh, I think you'll see pretty similar no- numbers with the Brewers. The thing is with him is you, you just want him to stay healthy. You know that's you know we've seen that over the over the years with Cain. If you're playing in an on base percentage league, you absolutely love the guy. All right. So, you know, you said you said you said Kane's numbers don't don't change. Is that what you were saying? I don't think they I don't think they change too much. You know, maybe two three more homers, like Matt was saying, you know, they they'll run a little more, you know, maybe about maybe forced more stolen bases yeah. or so. I don't yeah. you know. I, I think we know what his skill set is. I'm not looking for a drastic change. The same thing with Christian Yelich, but it's more interesting, but we'll be going to hit his part. The thing with Yelich is, at his age, I don't know if we've seen the best of him. I remember talking to a lot of baseball people, including former uh, Marlins front office guy Dan Jennings, who told me candidly, and he just wasn't trying to sugarcoat things, that this guy is a future batting champ. I've heard it from opponents, whatever. He hit 280 last year. I wouldn't be surprised anytime soon if he hits 300.
1: Yeah, Scotty, I, so I completely agree with you in both senses. When it comes to Lorenzo Cain, we've been talking about it throughout the morning, that yes, maybe he'll run a little bit more in Milwaukee, right? You know, you get a couple more steals. We're, we're in agreement, right? Home runs, Maybe hit a couple more in Milwaukee. It's better park than Kaufman Stadium uh, in, in Miller Park there. Maybe you get four to five. But now you're talking about a, a dude in Lorenzo Kane that hits about 300, that gets you 20 home runs, that gets you about 30 stolen bases. To me, that's a top five-round player.
4: I, I think you know Kane was always in my top five to six rounds. Okay. But you, you, you worry about the health. Yeah. You worry about the health. Look, you look at the numbers last year. And I believe there were about 18 home runs and 26 deals, So you're pretty close there. You know, it's not much of a jump. It's just, I don't know, when he was drafted in the FSTA, it was before he was traded. He went around seven, pick 11. I don't think there was any more perceived upside. Now, maybe there's a little bit more upside, but I think I know what we get. If I was to look for a little bit of upside more from either guy and we're splitting hairs here, sure. it'd probably be Yelich because of his age and his skill set. and Maybe we just haven't seen the best of him yet. He did hit 20 home runs two years ago. The power finally started to come. I don't know if he'll ever be more than a 24 homer guy, but you know I'll take 24 over 18.
1: Yeah, and Christian Yelich, much like Lorenzo Cain, going to a better going to a better ballpark. Uh, he's going to play every day. Certainly under control. Certainly still young. He's just 26 years old. He's going to get. Mo- you would think he gets over the 20 home run mark. You think he could run a little bit more. And he's a guy that you know should have a good average. Should hit 20, 20, and. and have a hundred runs scored this both of these guys value not dissimilar both top five round guys both guys that i'm absolutely much more interested in now than i was two days ago
4: yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with lewis brinson too this guy's known as a great defensive center fielder but obviously the 2020 potential is there didn't look too good in his cup of coffee last year but you know everybody rips the marlins for what they're doing here you know I, I'm actually taking like an opposite view, sort of, here on what Miami it's is doing. Optimistic of you, because 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 no, I'm just being realistic here. It's you know this is my opinion that you know they never made the playoffs with any of these guys. Jeter and company totally want to remake you know this team in their own image and build it from the ground up because if you don't win, people don't show up in Miami, and you had a lot of. Name players there that didn't win. So tear it down. Start up. You know, obviously they've done their homework on the landscape. Marlon fans are not going to go show up unless this team makes the playoffs. And if you can't make the playoffs with Stan Yelich, Real Muto, etc., then maybe you have to tear it down.
1: Uh, so I understand what you're saying, but the way that Jeter has presented it with the Miami Marlins is about making money, and they felt that the business model with these guys didn't make them money. So they're burning it to the ground and building it back up in, in a way that ultimately they think... Maybe not even a successful product on the field, but a successful product in their pockets. And that's kind of the way they've sold it. And I think that's what's turned off many Marlins fans. Because the returns for most of these guys, outside Yelich, where I think you got Brinson, you got a couple of more prospects. So I'm okay with that. But you look at what they got in the Yankee deal, and you look what they got in the Osuna deal, and it doesn't really seem like enough to me. I think that's what's bothering most Marlins fans, more so than even trading these guys away.
4: Well, I think we're almost saying the same thing here. They want to make money. Yeah. They're not going to make money if they're going to pay guys like Stanton these massive sure. contracts. Sure. And they're not going to win. People are not, like I said, people are not going to come out in South Florida unless they win. So they're doing the right thing. They want to make money because they want to strip everything down and get their own guys. That they feel, you know, can produce over the long haul, although they're doing it very much from the ground up right now and do things in their own vision. You know, it's not, I think they want to put a winning product on the field. The Marlins didn't have a winning product and they weren't making money, so I understand in a way why they're tearing it up. Now, the Marlins fan base is reacting like it, it does because with Wayne Heisinga and Loria, they would make their money and then tear it down. You know, 2007 was infamous. For that. And they're being reactionary because they're saying, oh, we need one more player and maybe we can contend. Jeter's response to that was like, look, you don't throw more money at something and you fix it. I th- I think they have a unique view here. They're taking a long-term look. Yes, they want to make money, but they do want to put a winning product on the field. They did not have a winning product.
1: No, they didn't. But like I said, I think what bothers the fans more than anything isn't even the fact that they're tearing it up. It's just the prospects they're getting back aren't exactly uh, the high the highest of touted guys. Maybe Lewis, for is uh, a bit of a difference, but what they re- received in, for Stanton and in Ozuna wasn't enough in their eyes. I think that's what bothered the Bothers them more than anything.
4: Yeah, I, I can I can see that. You know that that's a fair point. Okay,
1: fair enough. Um, one last question on Brinson, and I'll move on to Otani. Um, Lewis Brinson in Miami. He's going to play every day. He's still very young, coming into his own. I think he takes his lump, Scott, but I, I think he's going to run wild for Don Mattingly, kind of like D Gordon did.
4: Yeah, I, I I can see them letting him loose, but you know the skill set is more than that. And, yep. Uh, You know, with Brinson getting that opportunity, he's going to be very, very enticing fantasy-wise. You know, what's going to be his command of the strike zone, though? Uh, You know, what's going to be—I'm sorry, that sounds like I'm talking about a pitcher. You know, what's his plate discipline going to be like this year? It wasn't very good last year. If he can improve on that, you know, look, this this guy might end up being, you know, striking out a lot and having a low batting average. But to help you in pop and speed, you take the hit initially, and you hope by the second half of the season that he's getting better in batting average. You know, I I wouldn't project more than like a 250 average for this guy.
1: Okay, fair enough, Scott. I, so I think that's fair. Over on RotoExperts.com, Tim McCullough, the latest to write about Shohei Otani, the starting pitcher slash DH for the Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim. As we've kind of tried to figure out where his value lies, it depends mostly on the format. We talked about it on the Roto Experts previously, but it's true. It really does depend on the format that you are playing in. Is it a weekly league? Is it a daily change league? Is there one Shohei Ohtani? Is there two Shohei Ohtanis? These are what you're going to have to figure out. Scotty, let me talk from the pitcher side of things. If there's two players one of them is a pitcher, how do you value the pitcher Shohei Ohtani?
4: Well, as in Mike Florio's article... Uh, Tim McCullough oh, yeah. is not a BFF. Oh, that's true. He's, He's not. not. F- Florio. Florio was telling me yeah. for
1: weeks he was going to write about this. I didn't actually think he would go through with it.
4: Yeah, this is Florio's article. Good not for him. Good for him. Uh, so, you know, as far as, as a, a pitcher, value, you know, he has top 20 potential. You, it's always dangerous about how this translates. You know, this guy, uh, you know, uh, the strikeout potential is very, very good. Uh, he has good control for everything that we know. Could probably keep the ERA down under, I'd say, about 370. But you're talking the American League. You know, Mike uh, puts in the steamer projections, which have him at 349. I think that's kind of a lot to expect in the American League right away. But I, I could certainly see him as top 20, top 25. The thing that, you know, that kind of like strikes me about Otani is, you know, if he if in the sites where he's eligible is both. It's like how do you even figure out how to put him in your lineup? You know, like do you, use, do you you don't use two lineup spots for him? That you know that gives you a unique and almost unfair advantage.
1: Oh, I totally disagree. I think it's very easy to decide how you put him in your lineup. You don't start him as a hitter. You start him as a pitcher because he's much more valuable as a pitcher than he is as a hitter.
4: Well, I'm saying, would you accumulate stats for both?
1: Well, you you're not going to be able to in 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 leagues where you have one Shohei Ohtani you can either start him as a pitcher or start him as a hitter you can't start him as both right so to me okay. the value the value is always going to be stronger with him as a pitcher i think
4: right yeah it will always be stronger stronger as a pitcher it's it's like as mike points out in his new article on rotoexperts.com you can check it out right now also has an embed of you guys talking about it on youtube from last you from a few days ago uh yep yeah if he only plays like three times a week as compared to other guys that play regularly, you know, where are you going to fit him in? You know, th- to me as a hitter, he's more of a league guy.
1: I think I think that's completely, completely fair, Scotty. Uh, I agree with you. What do you got going on this weekend, Scott?
4: What do I have going on this weekend? You know, I haven't even thought about it yet. I got to... F- I got a full day of working on Roto Experts and Sports Grid uh, ahead of me. All right, it's Friday, baby. It's
1: Friday. All right, we take a break. When we come back, we'll finish up the hour of baseball with Matt and Corey. Coming up next. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Matt Modica, Corey Parson, Greg sauceman A little laughter this morning for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You were enjoying that break. It was. It was a good. It was a good break. I, don't, I, don't, I
2: Yes, Corey. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 I thought about something. Right. I know which wide receiver is going to be in Dallas. Okay. <laughs> I, I forgot to tell y'all the other day when we did the Des Bryant segment. Michael Crabtree.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's that's right for He'll sure. He'll be there. Yeah, you're right um, he's going
2: to get cut And then Dallas will sign him Yeah, sounds about right yep. good. He's from Dallas And I know Yeah That's a good conversation Hopefully he can avoid it to leave set? Yeah No change. Can't get a change snatched If you're a cowboy though We don't play that <laughs> We don't play that You got to lose that, that That spirit That weak spirit Got to leave Do you play Denver <laughs> next year? I don't know uh, I don't know, I think so uh, uh, Houston, Jacksonville Indy Indy, yeah. For the AFC. Oh.
0: Tennessee.
2: Yeah. What's that division called? The, called South. the AFC South. Yeah, it's the AFC South. Football is leaving my mind, so I didn't realize seem, what the division you was. Very, you seem
1: very quiet this morning. I,
2: uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to get my mojo up. Yeah. What, what
1: are, we are we about to hour? talk about, though? Next hour. We're going we're gonna to finish the baseball here. Let's and, do it. we will do the baseball, and then we will get to do some uh, All-Star stuff next hour. We have a lot of games today. So I've been saving these games up for Friday. I, know I you like that. You say we're going to do it every day. Friday. But on the show today... We play as Mike Line as we always do. I'm the returning champion. I assume my flirt is not showing up, but uh, I have many questions.
3: Why is he not going to show up? He,
1: you know what? I, I don't know.
3: I think it's time to change it to his Frank Stanford on? I have,
1: <laughs> I have <laughs> many questions. We got that. Uh, today we'll see the return of Name That Player today on the oh, program. Oh, that's fun. So we, we have that going on. Baseball, baseball edition of that. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have uh, some NBA Who Said It. That's cool. We've been advertising that all week. A lot of games to come. The 9 o'clock hour uh, should be very, very fun on the program today. Matt, um, before we wrap up the, uh, the, the baseball talk, I, I did want to throw this out at you as well. You and Moncada and Tim Anderson? I was talking about like Michael Kopesh yesterday um, on the BFFs. And we're looking at some of the top prospects for the White Sox. And, you know, everyone instance, the White Sox are be good and whatnot. But Moncada and Tim Anderson, two of the top. Talked about guys last year, I'd say, at this time. Both young, uh, both play middle infield positions. Both have the ability to kind of step up and be really, really good. In 2018, I don't feel like anybody's talking about those two guys anymore. Where should they be, targeted? What's their fantasy value, and do you like either of them?
3: Well, uh, look, Mankata has a very high ceiling still. Uh, he's He'll be 23, I think, in like May or June, something like that's his birthday. I forget the exact date. But this is a guy you're looking at that's possible 2020 in the middle infield. Uh, the concern here with him is the batting average. Uh, the playing time is going to be there. You know, this is a team. It's, it's kind of the thing with Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson uh, will do a- anything possible not to draw a walk, but who are they going to put in? Tim Anderson is going to get the opportunity to play every single day. I mean, and it's another guy, like we, we're going to say, 15 uh, home runs, possibility, 10 to 15 there. And he does have the speed to steal 30 bases. Does that happen this year? Does he get on base enough? That's really the key questions. So, I mean, as the White Sox are going to be a, a bad, bad baseball team in MLB. But for fantasy, they do have players like uh, Moncada and Anderson that are going to offer you, you know, give you some power, give you some speed. It's the batting average that's going to be the risk here. And I I do think people are still high on Marcada. I I think he's kind of that guy that is going around that, uh, say, round 10-ish in in that area. Around 11
1: in the FSTA.
3: Okay. So, yeah. He's, you know, uh, actually, it's a little higher than that. He's ADP is 131. And people are excited for this kid. We've heard about him. I mean, the Red Sox gave up a big haul for him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that you, you do want to have a little uh, batting average insurance. I think that's the only part of his game that hasn't come yet.
1: Tim Anderson in and the FSTA went in the 16th round. But, again, you're looking at a guy that is definitely 15-15, has a potential to sc-
3: steal 30 bases. And you're finding that in the middle teens. That's pretty fair value, too. Yeah, that's, there's, there's, there's like three shortstops right there that you're going to you know have to choose from. Fair enough.
1: All right, we're going to come back. A lot to talk about here in hour number two the NBA draft, and of course,
4: XFL!